one-stop shop for trailer analysis you never asked for and likely never wanted. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Joe. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, how is your day going today? Hey, hey, hey. Doing all right? We're dipping back, Joe, into the Marquini. We find out. It's not Marcini. It's Martini Cinematic Universe, not Maraschino Cherry. It's a soft H. Yes, Marquini Cinematic Universe with the sequel to last week's movie, which was Omega Cop. This week, it's Karate Cop. Now, in this episode, we won't be going through the full episode. This is what we call our pre-action. So it's not going to be a full one. It's going to be talking about the trailers. There's two trailers on YouTube. Um, one of them, full trailer, voiceover, uh, all the frames that are supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> second trailer has about three frames per second. I don't know why. All the audio and everything's there. So that one will be a little... We'll kind of speed through that one. Sure. Um, so, yeah, Joe, so this is the third movie we're doing in the Marquini Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, first two, Death Machines and Omega Cop, were tied together by a post credit scene mm-hmm. where we find out that they're making the Death Machines initiative. Correct. Yes, and so this is a direct sequel to Omega Cop. So, Karate Cop, the hat's back, J- John Travis is back, and I assume all the women are back. They didn't just uh, not return their calls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Move on to bigger projects. Move on to bigger projects. Um, so Joe, yes, let's talk Karate Cop. Okay, let's dive right in because we got two right now. We gotta we gotta jump right into the first trailer. Uh, we start off with a man whipping something in a junkyard. We get distinct whip crack sounds. Yes, and uh, we see a gang beating up a car and smashing the windows out. And then a man in full riot gear is running from the explosion. And guess who that is? Is it John Travis, the last cop on Earth? John Travis. Um, And the narrator says he's the last cop. And uh, we see some junkyard explosions. A cop car explodes. And then the narrator says, sole survivor of the law enforcement wars. (laughs) What are the law? Okay, this is a sequel. They're just making things up. What are the right. law enforcement wars? I like how they're like, okay, so we can't assume that they've seen Omega Cops. So there's got to be some right. sort of law enforcement wars. Not there are four cops and three of them got killed. I mean, they're clearly like they're using the same character, but they're distancing from Omega Cop. Otherwise, this would just be called Omega Cop too. <laughs> That's true. Also, we establish an Omega Cop. He's not the last cop. They keep no. saying he's the last cop. But there's military in D.C. and New York City. Correct. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Travis is running through a dark hallway and then we see an apocalyptic gang in football helmets jeeping around with jeeping guns, around like in a Jeep. And uh, they're, so just, kind, they're of, kind of doing the like, yeah, like ISIS video, like cheering, thing, cheering yeah. for nothing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Travis fires a double barreled shotgun. We see that. Yeah, and at this point, this is where I'm going. We're about 20 seconds into the trailer. I'm like, man, is this going to be just more Omega Cop? Just like Omega Cop in a different location. Wait and, for it. <laughs> and then we find out, Joe. Well, first the narrator says, 
waged during the fall of our world, and we see men bursting through a boarded-up entry. Mm-hmm. And then the narrator says, John Travis, special police, hand-to-hand combat specialist. We see Travis face-palming a man and then beating him up with a baseball bat. Then we see him beat up a man in football pads. And then we see Travis flipping many men over so on He loves back. to flip them as, almost as much as he loves to hit them in the crotch. And then narrator says, karate cop. And Travis back sweeps a man with a staff and beats up a bartender. And we see more jump kicks and explosions. Okay, here's the turning point. We get a clearly zombified gang member. <laughs> See, I thought he was, like, mutilated. I didn't think he was zombified. He looks like a dog-faced guy. He's like a mutant, basically. Yeah, he's a mutant. So that's um, the first turn we take. Yes. And he says, all cops are dead. Or he says, all cops are dicks. I can't be entirely sure because the audio is not great. Um, I'm but pretty then, sure it's all cops are dead because it says, this one's still kicking. Right, right. And we see him talking to other zombies. And then Travis says, this one's still kicking. And he beats up all the zombies. And there's a nut kick montage. which is Yeah, cool. the That's same back. one from three different angles. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count as three or one? I don't know. But it's like if this was uh, ten years later, they could have been like, oh, you know what we should do is a nut kick. But like the Matrix technology. <laughs> it's like it zooms around in slow right. motion. Right, right. Instead, they... <laughs> They probably shot it three times. It's probably like him hitting a guy in the nuts three times from different angles. Well, this is we established that, uh, you know, the Kiriazi. Oh, my God. Kiriazi's not involved in this one. <gasps> Interesting. Okay. Well, I was going to say the Kiriazi uh, Marquini mind uh, meld very became very Kubrickian. So I'm wondering if yes. this was like they just got like 500 takes of the nut hit and then they're like, these are the best ones. Well, and it could be a callback to when Frank punches the the punching bag, and mm-hmm. you see the reflection of three different punching bags. Yeah, Joe, the three death machines. Joe, it's all coming back together. The Marquini Cinematic Universe. It all ties into a very intricate, intelligent web. So then the narrator says, and this one will soon hold the key to the future in his hand. A crystalline rod, a conductor of light, could be mankind's last hope of freedom to a new world and what we see are travis holding a crystalline rod and he attaches it to a laser and he types something on the super old keyboard and then the laser shoots at a microscope slide mm-hmm. and then children run into the room they stand on a platform and the light flashes and they all disappear we have a teleporter <laughs> we have a star trek teleporter powered last by mo- a crystalline rod laser last week last week we had you know slavers and a bunker that just stops working because the guy in charge of it is drunk and now we've got we've the done the deep we have is an electric fence that barely works that's not as long as it should be right and now we get this is like the dvd vhs combos to brixton technology jump we go from that to in one movie in one movie to <laughs> star trek teleporter pads and i am not exaggerating that this looks like a star trek teleporter pad Yes, with a very old keyboard. Yeah. 
Um, even for 1990, what is it, three at this point or 91? Yeah, that that was clearly some salvage yard keyboard, and I'm oh. pretty sure that was the same computer from Omega Cop at the beginning. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get a woman, and she says, "These are the freebies," and we see a gang of lost boys who are looking ready to fight. Right? Yeah, a bunch, bunch of little kids. Uh, little tykes. And then the narrator says, For in this distant medieval mutant wasteland, there is no hope. There is no freedom. Slavery will be their future. The warlord will be their god. And we see Bobby Moynihan <laughs> coming back. And he's come up in the world. He has his own slave. He's got a jacked black mask guy who looks like Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he's got uh-huh. some bleached hair. Yes, sir. And then we see two men fighting. Neither are Travis, so I don't care. And then there's a woman crawling on the ground. And then there's a woman spinning a chain over her head. And then we see Shredder grabbing a woman's face. And then we see Moynihan raising his fist in victory, pointing his thumb down. And we see Shredder snapping a woman's neck while Travis and a separate woman look on. Yeah, and I... I just don't want to go over this point. The guy that Shredder's fighting that you said, ah, these are two guys fighting. We don't care. Mm-hmm. He looks like a young Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to imagine that. <laughs> just imagine Stan Van Gundy, but young and, and, and Spelter. Is it Tony? <laughs> Is it Tony? Oh, it's a Tony. Tony. It's a Tony. No. Yeah. And yeah. So <clears throat> Shredder snaps this woman's neck, like on the other side of, of a fence. fence. Yeah. Uh, and I, it was at the orders of Bobby Moynihan. He does the, the thumbs. Uh, the gladiator. Yeah. yeah, the gladiator move. Um, so then Travis. Uh, bu- 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 yes. Travis says, I'll do it. I'll get what you need. And then tra- we see a shot of Travis escaping on a motorcycle and he's surrounded by explosions. And then Moynihan says, get him. And then uh, the men throw Molotov cocktails at Travis. You said get him with more, like, better acting chops than Travis did, though. Or not Travis. Uh, with Bobby Moynihan. He was like, get him! Get him! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, but then we see these men who are throwing Molotov cocktails, and they have, like, the limp, wristiest throws that I've ever seen. They're just like, <laughs> they go, like, two feet in front of them. Um, and then uh, David Carradine. is in this movie yo and he says you are a lucky man today can't wait to see how drunk david carradine gets over the course of his three scenes in this movie (laughs) yeah if adam west got that drunk can you imagine what david carradine was doing on that set uh i don't want to imagine what david carradine was doing yeah he shows up with like a real bruise around his neck wait a minute (laughs) real relaxed with a bruise around his neck (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> it's like they had him for a whole day and 20 hours of that day they were trying to like get him back into consciousness <laughs> like yeah um so yeah dark humor there uh so anyway football helmet gang starts shooting at travis and travis fires back and then the narrator says time ran out once before it's running out again and then we see a circuit box going haywire in the background uh of Travis, and then we see the football helmet gang who are jeeping and shooting again. Mm-hmm. And the narrator says, Now is the time for mankind's fragile second chance, and the one who swore to serve and protect 
Karate Cop. And we see the football helmet gang breaking through the electric fence with a Jeep. We see the Lost Boys enter the room with the crystal and rod laser again. We see Travis emerging from smoke. And then we get our title. And that is the end of trailer one. Thank God that that's over. Yes. Well, are you ready for trailer two and its infinite choppiness? No. Gave me a headache watching it. <laughs> yeah. I said they can't even do a second trailer, right? <laughs> These guys. Yeah. One old one trailer uh, curiosity is rubbing yeah. off on this. Um, so, so to start, I thought it was a cinematic choice at first, like a stylistic choice. Yeah, I did too. Like a slow it, motion choppiness. That... Yeah, because it starts off on this like fighting, like they're watching them fight, like a Thunderdome type thing. I'm like, oh, this is like the fog of war, the, you know, the mystery of battle, you know, you get like too worked up. Yeah, there were a lot of trailers like that that they weren't choppy necessarily, but it was like a nice slow motion shot at the beginning of like stuff going on. Yeah. But yeah, this is not intentional. <laughs> this is not that. <laughs> Um, so the football gang is watching two men fight in a pit with metal rods and the narrator says, it's the future. There's no law, no order. And we see a uh, black mass shredder flexing and yelling at the sky. And then, uh, Travis is fighting the football gang indoors. And the narrator says, Ron Marchini. And we see Travis taking out That's guys. That's not the what stand- the narrator says. What? He says, says Ron, Ron- Marchini. He says Ron Marchini. Oh, Ron Marchini. Ron Marchini. You're going to get canceled. You're going to get canceled by the Italian-American community if you keep this up, Joe. (laughs) Disparaging their greatest hero. They're going to cancel you. You Um, keep talking like that. And by Stockton. He's probably the most famous person ever out of Stockton. Um, So we see Travis taking out guys with the staff. And uh, the narrator says, is what we need karate cop and we hear a woman say i thought all lawmen were dead and travis says name's travis john travis bond bond (laughs) exactly (laughs) another ripoff uh so then the cop car explodes and travis said or travis says stranded or no must be that must be the narrator saying yeah guys it's really hard to tell who's saying what in this because we're not kidding about it being three frames per second yeah, I think it's the narrator says stranded, and the woman says, "Don't worry, I've got another deal for you. All you have to do is pick something up." And we see a shot of the woman who's showing Travis a busted rod, kind of broken in half. Um, and then Travis says, "What do you think, Mick?" And then there's a random dog. <laughs> there's a little black and white dog, and the dog goes rough. <laughs> Such a weird throw-in. Um, John Travis got a sidekick. He got a dog. Uh, so the narrator, um, yeah, narrator says he makes a deal that could cost him his life. And he jumps a motorbike up a ramp over a car and through a minefield. Yeah, this is the, no, this is the guys throwing the Molotov cocktails from earlier. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the narrator says, alone, it's a man with a mission. Karate Cop. It, as if you didn't know this was Karate Cop. <laughs> it just yeah. keeps saying it over and over. Um, so then Travis is breaking the arm of a zombie-looking guy. Okay? Guy who looks like he was eating flour face first, if we're being honest. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, they had to they they had to compensate for the half black face and raccoon face from the last film, so they decided to put a man in entire white face. There you go. That's true. Yeah, he's a kabuki theater guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then he throws that man through a window, or someone throws a man through a window, and then David Carradine says, "Just trying to be friendly." And we see that same zombie guy with the white face uh, being slid on the bar through a bunch of bottles. Uh huh. Then we see the woman activating the laser and the warning appears. Travis says, that's all I need. And uh, narrator says, time is running out. And we hear a loudspeaker voice say, you have five. And then we see Travis fighting some guys. Four. Travis fighting some guys. Oh, man. Three. Travis Travis is fighting some guys. Two. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. You see where we're going with this. Travis running from the explosion, right, in the full riot gear. And uh, the narrator says, the fate of civilization relies on one man, Ron Marchini, karate cop, coming soon. And then we get a little right after the uh, title scene where the zombie guy is screaming something. It's not the zombie guy, it's the mutant guy. The dog face guy. The dog face guy screaming something unintelligible and hitting his chest. Maybe he's saying Snake will be waiting. That's I what I got. I think he's Snake. Snake. And he's Snake. And he's hitting his chest saying he'll be waiting. Yeah. End of trailers. Thank God. If it feels like we blasted through the trailers this time, we did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I had about as much done talking about it as you guys had listening to it. I really wish there was some way for us to do four ten seconds while we were recording this. To just have it be in the past. Yes. <laughs> All right, okay, Joe. Jeff, it is time for you to predict how this movie plays out. Okay. Go. Okay. So I have my guess of what happens, and then I have my guess of the of a post-credit scene. Okay. So that's how thorough I got with this. This is like last time. I have a whole page of notes. Joe uh-huh. can kick- I have a whole page of notes about what I think is going to happen. So we've already established that this is a sequel to Omega Cop. If you haven't seen Omega Cop, pause the podcast, go watch it. A lot (laughs) of important things happen in Omega Cop. Correct. So I'm saying this is maybe two years into the future of Omega Cop. So this is like 2001 in in, in their timeline. So it's like 2001. So you got Ron Marchini, who's a cop. And that's when you have the guys beating the cop car at the beginning. And whipping and breaking the windows and stuff. That's okay. Snake, I think that's Snake's gang. Okay. okay. So what you've got is that. You see in the first trailer, somebody passes somebody a small ball. I think that's an explosion, explosive mm. device, like a yeah. like a grenade. Right. So they, they break the windows open. They throw it into Ron Marquini's car, into John Travis's cop car. Mm. He bails out. That's when you see him in full riot gear with the bag. He's like taking all of his cop supplies that he can't. And so they that's when he bails out. Okay. Like, I got to get out of here. And he, you know, for some reason, he's got a cop car now. Marquini Cinematic Universe just delivers what, what's needed. So He can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> he's yeah, not Marquini. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. So he gets away, and that's when Snake's like, Snake will be waiting for you, or whatever he says. Yes. And so then he's now roaming the countryside trying to find somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And this is where he comes across um, the uh, another bunker. The one where they have the kids. Okay. This is where she's like, these are the freebies. You know, yes. they're these are the free kids or whatever. And um, 
she's like, okay, but here's the situation. Some of these marauders, the raiders, the guy, the shredder guy, they have one of our women and um, they want access to the teleporter device. That's what they okay. want. And so he's like, okay, I will try to negotiate with you guys, try to negotiate a piece. And that's when they're on the other side of the fence. Yes. And the negotiations go bad. The guy snaps the woman's neck. And that's when he's like, okay, I will help you with whatever it is you need. That's when she offers him another job. She's like, okay, I got a different job for you. He's like, I'll okay. help you with whatever you need. And that's when she explains the teleporter pad. And she's like, but this crystalline rod's busted. Yeah. Uh, Shredder and them got the, the crystal rod. You got to go get it from them. Ah, okay. That was the negotiation. They're like, we Shredder and Moynihan. Yeah, Shredder and Moynihan. They're like, we got the crystal rod. You got the device. Let's work together. And it ends up going bad. Snaps his neck. Okay. Um, da, da, da. So she's like, they have it at Shredder and Bobby Moynihan's place. So so he's trying to figure out, he's like, how am I going to infiltrate Shredder and Bobby Moynihan's place? So he goes, he finds a, the local barkeep, which is David Carradine. All right. I like it. So David Carradine's David like, Carradine is running a post-apocalyptic bar. Correct. Okay. <laughs> it's better than what David Carradine's up to now. Probably true. <laughs> which is nothing. Um, so he's like, I need you. You know, he's like, hey, what's up? I'm Ron Marchini, uh, Karate Cop, Omega Cop, Death Machine. You might know me. You might have heard of me. You might have heard of me. And David Carradine's like, well, why should I help you? You know, I get a lot of jags coming through here. I think that they're, you know, hot, you know what, but I'm not going to help you die or whatever. That's when the bar gets jumped. David Carradine... Ron Marchini fight him off. Okay. And that's why he's like, you're the luckiest man alive or whatever he says. Cause he's yeah, like today or something. Yeah. Today. Cause he's like, you showed your medal. I'm going to help you. Interesting. So he's like, here's the situation. They have a Thunderdome fight type deal. Oh, oh well, Moynihan has that Moynihan. He's like, that's how you get in. I'll get you in that way. You'll wow. get in. You'll fight that way. You can sneak into the base, get what you got to get. He, he infiltrates Shredder's base via Thunderdome, a.k.a. Uh, post-apocalyptic race wars. So he gets in. He wins the battle, but that's completely inconsequential. It's just because I don't think Ron Marchini can have him fighting a fight where he doesn't win. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So he wins Thunderdome. He yada, yada, yadas. He gets the crystal. The, getting the crystal is he, he just yada, like... Yadas to the crystal. Okay. He just ends up with the crystal. Yeah, he just fights a bunch of guys and grabs it. Yeah, so he blows. Yeah, he just fights a bunch of guys, gets it. He blows the base. Okay. Um. So then he goes back to the base with a scientist lady and a crystal. Yes. And um, that's when Shredder and them, they sh Shredder, Bobby Moynihan, they show up at the base. Okay. They fight. They try to infiltrate it. Blah blah blah. Yeah. John Travis fights him off, but he sacrifices himself to let the kids go. Oh snap! So the kids that get teleported at it that we saw in the trailer. Yeah, that's kind of the end of the movie. Kids get teleported off. We don't know what happens to him. JT, oh. that's what I'm gonna call him now. JT, John Travis, uh, is the last thing you know. He he sacrifices himself to save these kids. So All John right. Travis gives the ultimate sacrifice. And so Does the, the kids woman have to stay behind because she's controlling the laser. Yes, he pulls a pin in the grenade and is like, "You want to get married?" <laughs> <laughs> I learned this trick from an old friend. Also, do you like oldies? <laughs> Uh, do you hate fake news talking about the the uh, pending climate crisis? Right. My old friend did. Um, so, okay, so the kids are teleported off. We don't know where they go. Movie ends. John Travis 
and the woman sacrificed themselves to save these kids. Because in all the trailers, it's talking about how they blew it before. This is humanity's last hope at a new start. You know, right. all that stuff. So this Earth is ruined. Now, they, what is I mean, it's not really he doesn't really pull a pin. I'm assuming the timer is a bomb or something. Yeah, that's what the timer is. Yeah. But the pin was a joke. The, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So yeah, he fights him off. He gives the sacrifice. Kids teleport. Boom. We don't know where they go. Off planet, yeah. new planet, new universe, whatever. What kind of song do we get at the end? <laughs> we get uh, some like those like uh, like a Vaseline type song. Or Vaseline. Like, Vaseline. Like one of those slow rock songs. Oh like, really? Because <laughs> it's '93 when this movie was made. It was '93, so it's gonna so be some slow, slow slow grunge song. But it's gonna be like John Travis. Sacrificed himself. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Okay. So we get we get the credits. Boom. So post credit scene. The kids hit the other end of the teleporter. They land. They don't know where they are. It's dirty. It's clearly a big city. They don't know what's going on. They're wandering around trying to find something. They're like, we're hungry. We're thirsty. You know, whatever. They come across a woman. Woman's like, what is going on? What you know, like, how can I help you guys? Like, you guys are hungry. Like, they're like, yes, we're starving. You know, we're we're refugees. She's like, well, that's really weird. There's refugees in L.A. But sure. So we're like, oh, okay, they're in L.A. So they're 2001 L.A. So she's like, I run a restaurant. Let's go back there. She goes back. She's making them food. She makes some sandwiches. The kid takes a bite of it. And he goes, what's this? And she looks at him. She goes, tuna salad on white. No crust. (laughs) And then a bald man walks in, crucifix around his neck, and goes, looks like our family just got a whole lot bigger. Boom. Credits. Or credits. So is that Dom or is that Dom's dad? <laughs> it's Dom and Mia. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's Dom and Mia. So this, so Omega Cop is a prequel to direct prequel to the Fast and the Furious. I like it. Where I they like go it. tuna salad on white no crust at Toretto's. Could explain why Marchini never Marchini never made another film after that. It's true. He well he got rolled into this Fast and the Furious cinematic universe. It's going to be a big part of it, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why it seems like no matter what Dom needs to get done, it, it can just happen. It's because these kids, he spreads them out. There is crew all over the country. If he needs if he needs a vault, these kids will get him a vault. There you it's go. How, it's how he keeps his Nas in good supply, because they can steal the Nas. <laughs> so I like that, it. So, yeah. we So, now... Death Machines is part of the Marquini Cinematic... I'm sorry, Death Machines, Karate Cop, Omega Cop, now all part of the Fast and Furious franchise. Love it. Love it. So I almost thought you were going to go with a 9-11 reference, but thankfully we avoided Joe, that. Joe, <laughs> there's an alternate <laughs> ending scene that I decided to not use. <laughs> it was a 9-11 scene. Oh, boy. <laughs> I decided to not go with that one. It's basically the same thing where they're like, you know, they it's have you seen the movie or heard about the movie with um, I think it's Robert Pattinson where it's just like a normal movie. And at the end, it pulls away and he's like on the Twin Towers. And it's like, oh, today, September 11th, 2001. That's how the movie ends. <laughs> I've never seen that. No. Oh, dude. It's like a normal movie, the whole movie. And then that's how it ends. It's like, that's oh, he's, he died in the Twin Towers. I was going to do something like that, but I decided against it. I think that's probably tasteful. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's why it's very clear that it's like this movie takes place in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I was like, oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, so Joe, yes. Karate Cop, are you excited? Karate Cop, I am. Um, I think it's probably only an hour and a half, right? I didn't check the running time, but I would probably. imagine no longer than that considering they had to burn 10 minutes of the last film just running around running around a jeep montage a montage of thing that happened half hour earlier in the movie right. they're really stretching for time in omega cop but drunk adam west <laughs> drunk. not responding i'm wondering if it was supposed to be a two-hour long movie and, Ome- and adam west was supposed to have a lot more scenes and they were like uh, uh he was stri- like yeah i'm fine yeah. <laughs> fun with what i got and no, we're good. And they're like, Adam, see you tomorrow. He's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, I, I am excited to see some of the old characters come back. I'm very confused that they use Bobby Moynihan with, he has a different name. I believe in this. He's a completely different character. Yeah. Not a fan of that choice automatically, like right off the bat. Um, you don't but, like directors using the same actors in different movies? Not in the same universe <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like if they used um i don't know chris evans is not only captain america but also the winter soldier <laughs> i think that would work amazing. really well it'd be like how jason lee is like four different actor or characters in uh kevin smith's movies that's true yeah yeah i think including jason lee i think he plays himself on top of everybody else yeah and like the um i guess that was that in the uh I don't know. In Silent Bob films. <clears throat> oh, that was Ben Affleck was playing himself in that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you want to just start all over? We'll just do this with uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith movies instead. I was going to say, like, I think we ran out of shit to talk about if we're talking about Kevin Smith. <laughs> all right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Reactionaries podcast. This week's movie is Karate Cop. And we will be back in your feed on Monday with the full reaction for Karate Cop. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see how the Death Machine cinematic universe, the Marquini cinematic universe, really rolls into the Fast and the Furious franchise, as I'm 100% certain that this is what the post credit scene is going to be. Very cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, for Joe, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. And uh, Snake will be back. Dragon USA, guys.